Hey guys, before we get into the episode, you all know I'm a huge fan of fashion and I have been ever since I was a little girl. And my first job, by the way, was actually at Macy's. And my love for fashion began when I started there because I worked in the fragrance department, but of course my eye was always on the clothes and the makeup and everything related to style. But here's the thing, my relationship with Macy's didn't end once my days of asking people walking by if they wanted a sample of the latest scents came to an end. Nearly 20 years later, I still find myself choosing Macy's time and time again for literally everything. It's become a really beautiful full circle moment that they've been such amazing supporters of our show for so long. And when it comes to shopping, they have everything you need, whether I need a last minute outfit or Kevin needs a last minute outfit for our friend's wedding. We always head to Macy's. They've got us covered. So if you're in need of some retail therapy, perhaps, or looking to spruce up your home or your lifestyle, check out Macy's friends. I've curated a list of some of my favorite items that have helped me upgrade so many parts of my life, really my fashion the most, but of course home and baby and so much more. So check the link in the description and happy shopping Hill Squad. I like to say that hair is a woman's best accessory. And thanks to my friends at Way, they make it possible to have good hair days every day. Let me tell you, Way's hair oil has become a game changer in my hair care routine. So if you're ready to have good hair days every single day, you got to check out Way. Head over to the Way, T H E O U A I dot com to check out their products. And here's a little treat for you guys use the promo code Heal Squad for 15% off your purchase. Yep, the Way, T H E O U A I dot com, promo code Heal Squad for 15% off. Hey, everyone. We are so inspired doing this podcast every week, having the opportunity to bring you all the valuable knowledge and advice that each and every guest provides means the world to us. Now, because of how much positive feedback we've been receiving from our listeners, we've decided to build a community through Patreon. Members of Patreon receive exclusive access to a chat forum, the ability to interact with our guests, which is so cool, extra videos and podcast episodes that will provide even more advice and knowledge. Join now by going to patreon.com backslash better together with Maria and let's be better together because when you know better you get better I'm on a journey to get better and I want to do it with you and I'm not just focusing on physical health I'm focusing on everything emotional wellness spirituality finances relationships and so much more every week it will be my personal goal to bring us the world's leading healers experts and game changers to share groundbreaking secrets and tips to getting better in all areas of life getting better isn't easy but it's a whole lot easier when we can do it together welcome to better together with me maria menudos happy monday everybody oh gosh it's almost christmas <laughs> you sound like kevin now i say that every day you sound like kevin. it's october 14th everybody and yes it's definitely almost halloween that's true which means it's almost thanksgiving which means it's almost christmas it's okay. basically christmas so when i used to be super type a i would have my christmas shopping done before halloween I was so gangster good at it. And then I canceled Christmas and life got so much better after. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you have Amazon now. So with two-day shipping and all that kind of stuff, who you needs to what? do it? That's actually a great point. I haven't been Christmas shopping since Amazon probably. Right? They've or at least everything. since understanding Amazon because when I was home this summer, you know, we're in the boonies in Connecticut. And I – Remember the last time I was there, maybe like a year before that, 
I would suffer trying to get to like a Walmart or something. It's like an hour away, I feel like, everything. And so I was so frustrated. And then this last trip, finally, I was like, oh, I need deodorant, Amazon. Oh, I need makeup wipes, Amazon. And my life just opened up in Connecticut. And it got so much better because everything I needed was a click away. Yeah. And they also have like the subscription stuff. So like, yeah. you're like, every three months I need 36 rolls of toilet paper now. It's yeah. like everything just is automatic. Life is so much easier. Welcome to the future. I know. But yeah, I, I, I guess Christmas shopping could go back into play and be a lot easier that way. But yeah, nah. What it's about not Black what Friday? Do you do Black Friday, Maria? Are you out of your mind? I mean, I just feel like you'd be somebody in Black Friday like... Punching people away, yes. stealing the TV. She's yes. the last person who would be doing that. That is so me. <laughs> Steven, you've totally outed me to everybody. Yeah. You know, Kevin every year has threatened. So we went home for Thanksgiving for the first time these last two years um, after my mom was diagnosed. And we've had such a great time back there. And we've toyed with the idea because Kevin gets all sinister and silly. And he's like, let's go. It'll be amazing. I'm like, I don't want to get shot. <laughs> I don't want to get beat up or trampled over. But now they've become so civilized. <laughs> you think? <laughs> yes. No, they've changed because, you know, Kevin will, you know, scroll through YouTube and show me, you know, videos of the past. And apparently now they've changed where Black Friday is like a couple days long or something, and it's just different, so yeah, it's easier. They've made Black Friday not as violent, but they've ruined Thanksgiving. <laughs> I just choked on my coffee. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> instead of the stores opening at like 10 p.m. on Thanksgiving, it's like, we're open all day on Thanksgiving, so all your kids have to work. Yeah. It's yeah. the worst. Yeah, but I remember working when I was younger and getting double time. Like, that's the appeal. You're going to make more money, so you just do it. And then you figure out your holiday around it. So if you're going to work in the morning, you get to see everyone at night. Or if you're going to yeah. work at night, you see everyone during the day. Yeah. It's figure-outable. There's always something. I always had tournaments, so then by the time I got older, I didn't care if I was necessarily working. Yeah. I mean, Steph, I have a question for you, though, because we're obviously today we're celebrating Indigenous Peoples Day here in California. Yes, oh, we are. this is true. I did see that on my little calendar today. It's not deletable, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to delete it. You know when I look at a calendar and there's so much stuff in there, it frustrates me. And so I was like, Indigenous Peoples Day? I didn't put this in here and I went to delete it. <laughs> the government did. <laughs> and I can't delete. And then it says Columbus name. Like, that's not deletable either. Not that I don't want to appreciate these holidays. I just don't want them cluttering up my calendar for the day and stressing me out and adding to anxiety that's our news hit maria tries to delete indigenous people's day seriously <laughs> well can uh, we still call it thanksgiving stuff that's what i'm curious about is it or is it like indigenous feast day like i um here's the thing about thanksgiving i think that what it has become is awesome i i think that a day of gratitude and family and the best food ever is if they're not working at magic Walmart. But it does suck because it was built on a premise of of horridness. <laughs> so I don't know. So, but we've made lemonade. We have. That is true. But uh, Columbus Day was unsalvageable, which is why we changed the name. Thanksgiving, we have made lemonade. So I don't know what to do. I'm not willing to trade in the dinner right now. But, but oh that's, that's why we celebrate 
Christmas 24-7. On the okay, Christmas 24-7 channel on yep. After Buzz cut him off. P.S. I love that Kevin has infiltrated and gotten you to like plug his podcast, which, by the way, I really enjoy his podcast. Me and too. um Haley and Mackenzie just did one about like the Christmas toys you were brought up A with. A very 2000s Christmas. Yeah. And first of all, I love their intro. Their voiceover is amazing. And you know what? The Christmas 24-7 podcast, whatever it's called. Yeah. yeah, the Christmas twenty yeah. fourth. Well, it's it's a whole channel. It's a whole channel. It's a whole channel. We on I YouTube. Just, I'm, I just, I'm into it. I just I produced a show with James Lott Jr. Maria. You did the Wait. super organizer. Yeah. So, so tell me about that. So we produced. Uh, I talked to James and I'm like, James, you love Christmas. You're the best. What can we do? And he's like, Oh my god, I have so many ideas. So we do. We did an interview with um, the creator of Father Christmas. Uh, we did an episode about the top 10 songs to get you in the Christmas spirit. Hell yeah. We did an episode where it's all about tips to organize your home for Christmas. Mm. And he has three more episodes we're going to take this week. Yay. So those are getting released this week. You know what? Some Christmas organization tips would be great. Like, what do other people do to organize their stuff so it's easy to bring in and bring out? Like, my Christmas tree, I, we have a fake Christmas tree. I have a husband who was the son of a firefighter. And he won't let me get a real Christmas tree ever. And so we have um, we have it in this bag or this bin and it gets all dusty because it's like outside and like then you're bringing all that dust into your house. So if anybody's got any better tips, I'm into that. Well, that's what this whole show is about, Maria. Yeah, it's all about that. And one of the biggest tip we we went over this week was (laughs) was keep going, Stephen, when you are when you are doing anything cleaning related, put on music that you like doing put on if you if you're like. Having to clean your house for Christmas, like put on Christmas music you like. Don't put on something you dislike. Ooh. Get yourself in the mood and get yourself in a positive attitude. Just like our guest today talks about going to the next thought after the negative that's positive. When you're when you're decorating. When you're on the go 24-7 like me, guys, finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity. <laughs> and that's exactly what my friends at Macy's do for me. From working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials, it's been my go-to for so many years. And having everything in one place is such a time saver for me. With being a first-time mom, for a while now, as you know, I've had plenty of those and being able to rely on them for all the things has been amazing. Plus having everything in one place has made being a new mom just a little bit easier for me. So I know we're all focusing on our families, our health, hopefully our jobs and everything in between, but it's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're going to love it. Cleaning, Even cleaning your room, you always veer towards that unless you have something that's keeping you positive. So music is a really great tip for that that James like Lott Jr. That. taught us. I like that. I like that, Stephen. And, and In fact, uh, our quote of the day comes from our guest. Whenever you notice your thoughts detour into attack mode, say out loud or to yourself, happiness is a choice I make. I'm going to read that again because I want to read that again. Whenever you notice your thoughts detour into attack mode, say out loud or to yourself, happiness is a choice I make. And that's from Gabrielle Bernstein, who is our guest today. And we're so excited to have her on the show. Of course, she just wrote this incredible book called Super Attractor. And she's studied all of the people that I've been studying these last two years, whether it's Wayne Dyer or Esther Hicks. 
all of these people. And she has become, you know, New York Times bestselling author, Oprah anointed. I mean, like she's very, very successful and she has just a real way of kind of giving this information and helping people understand it. So all of this stuff that we talk about, like energy and laws of attraction, all of that, she's going to help us kind of learn how to apply into our lives. For example, yesterday I was on a hike with a friend and she was like, I'm 44. When am I ever going to meet somebody? And she was, you know, about to settle with some guy. And I was like, you have to change your energy because you're coming from um, lack and that's what you keep getting is lack. And so we'll ask Gabby to explain that to everybody because you have to you have to approach things in a different way. And whatever is happening is happening um, because you're also putting something out to attract a little of it. Now, how much of it you're putting out is, you know, up to you to kind of figure out you know, if you really look deep, you're contributing in some way, whether you want to admit it or not. Trust Completely. me, this is the hardest part is having to admit what you have contributed or having to dig deep to see your side in the situation. Um, and so anyhow, we'll have her explain all of that to us today. I'm really excited about it. I was listening to her getting ready this morning. I'm always listening to Esther Hicks. And then sometimes I shift around. And of course, since Gabby was going to be on the show today, I was listening to a lot of her um, speeches and such so that I could prime and get ready for the interview. And she was talking about thoughts. And it was so funny because I had just texted you yesterday, Steph, because mm-hmm. Kevin and I were driving and, you know, we're having – it's so hard. I, again, how much you want to put out there and say, I'm having a really hard time with my mom right now and her medical situation – um, I don't want to attract more bad, so I'm trying to, you know, tiptoe around this without saying, you know, how critical this is, obviously. And so yeah. um, I was saying to Kevin yesterday, I said, I was so exhausted and my brain like hurt. Like I just felt numb everywhere from the neck up. And I said, I'm really trying so hard to stay in a positive state as much as I can. It's hard when the the blows get dealt because like you get punched in the face, it hurts and there's a reaction. You're going to not feel well. But soon after I get punched in the face, I'm trying to like, okay, dust myself off and just keep moving forward. But it's definitely hard. And these thoughts just keep coming into my head. I don't even want to say them out loud, but horrible, horrible visions that are they just keep coming in. I'm in the shower and they'll just come in. Not invited, P.S. Not invited thoughts. I'm not seeking them out. I'm not thinking them. They're just coming. And, you know, she says that when thoughts or ideas come, they're coming to you for a reason. And I'm like, no, no, I'm rejecting that notion right now for these specific thoughts. Because, and that's what I want to ask her, you know, some of these thoughts come from fear. If you're in a fear state, then these bad thoughts are entering in, like almost like the devil coming in. Um, I was saying to Kevin as we were driving, I go, oh my God, honey, if you could be in my head, I swear you would be horrified and you'd probably have me locked up. (laughs) And he just started laughing. And I go, what do you think is so funny? And so Kevin said to me, as he's laughing, if you could be in my head and see what I'm thinking on a daily basis, you would be horrified. And so it made me start to think, 
what an interesting conversation about thoughts. We've learned through the show that thoughts are so powerful and thoughts can manifest. And so if we have 60,000 plus thoughts a day, and we really think about how many of them are positive, right? <laughs> like, especially as women, I'm out somewhere, I'm constantly searching for bad things that are going to happen. I'm in fear mode, right? What's that person? They're coming close. What are they coming close for? A guy's not really thinking like, what's that person coming close for? You guys are a little more chill, right? No, we're thinking, what's that person coming close for? I think body space is a is a, is a very real thing, especially mm-hmm. in the city. <clears throat> I think we, we have different reasons for it, though. Okay. I think women have a more, uh, is somebody going to do violence towards me? Mm-hmm. And men have a more like, is this person going to rob me? Like, what's about to happen? Got it. But it's all based on body language of people approaching you that yeah. I tr- think the difference is, is that for men, not all the time, but a lot of the time, there has to be an actual person around. But for women, no one can be around. But it's like our all the time thoughts that yeah. when the moment I walk outside my door or even in my house, who knows? Uh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. But like, think about it. The thoughts that run through your head. Like, I don't know about you guys. I was actually, I put myself in Steven's head this weekend for a second. I was like, whoa! Ah! <laughs> Bad idea. Bad idea, ah! Maria. <laughs> right when I said it, I go, oh, God, we're going to talk about this on the show Monday. And I'm like, shit, if I was in Steven's head, I think that might be even scarier than my head. Maybe even scarier than your head, honey. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to the jungle. Oh, my God. Um, do you guys ever think about that stuff? Yeah. Like, what do you do when bad thoughts come into your heads? I've been working on that because I've been an emotional person, human since I was little. And so uh, my mom actually, it's funny that Jim Quick last week talked about ants and automatic negative thinking. She's been talking to me about that since I was like 10. Wow. And so I've been working on it since I was like 10. I've been really self-aware of my emotions. And so now I have to, and I think it's with all things, the first thought is okay. And this aligns with Gabby's teachings of her, the three-step process of it. But uh, then the second thought has to be different. I have to go more positive or retract that statement in some way. I just yell no. (laughs) Like I'm in the shower and I had a horrible thing come into my mind about my mom. And I'm like, no, no. (laughs) And I'm like, and then I start thinking about what I desire. No, this is what I desire. This is what I desire. I'm like literally a robot that's like on this, like the skits, like it's like someone put water in it or something at that point. And you're like, no, (laughs) I desire this. (laughs) I'm going to make that a GIF. That was was an Alex Jones moment, Maria. (laughs) What's Alex Jones? Oh no, let's not get into it. Oh no. Okay. <laughs> you don't need it. Anything to contribute to the scary I conversation never have of thought? Anything to contribute? Um, no. I. It, <laughs> it's weird. It's weird to me because I I view it very differently. Like I, what I'd love to hear from from Gabby is kind of how do you differentiate between a negative thought and a cautious thought? Because when I'm walking down the street and let's say I get that feeling wash over me of like a fear of some sort to me, it's like, okay, well, what's the reasoning behind this and how can I plan ahead for whatever that was in case that does come to fruition? And it's like a cautiousness that allows me to plan ahead. Mm -hmm. But I think I go kind of too far with it in that, like, I always have that cautiousness and I operate sometimes too many times out of a place of fear as you and Kevin probably have, have found out when we, when we want to start shows or when we want to do things, I'm always like, 
okay, but this could go wrong in a really bad way. I know. Well, that's why we can be very similar at times, Stephen, because I do the same thing. And so when I, Patty Penn, who we had on the show, actually quite a long time ago, we should probably get Patty Penn back for another um, session with us. She's the Reiki healer. And she talked to me so much in our session about um, eliminating fear, as did Peter Crone. Um, His episode was amazing, if you guys haven't listened to those episodes as well. Um, But is, is realizing that you know, the fears that we grew up with that have shaped us are no longer real anymore. And, and if you can remember that and realize that that was like six-year-old Maria that was afraid of all of these things. And Patty taught me that, um, I'm bringing that into a room at all times. And so that's what I'm attracting. She's like, you're constantly looking for the monster and then the monster finds you. And so I've worked really hard in these last two and a half years on shifting that as much as possible and being more open and trying not to come from that space of how this is going to go wrong or how this couldn't work. It's not easy um, because I'm always in protect mode, right? As somebody who's always lived in fear, you're always in protect mode and no, 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 we can't work with that person. That's a bad person. Well, okay. (laughs) So that person's bad. That person's bad. That person's, well, who are you going to end up working with? if everybody's bad, right? So you can pick bad things out of everybody. Everyone's going to have a negative. And so you have to just now figure out what your negatives you can't work with are, right? Like that's kind of how I've thought about it. I'm just curious though, because like a lot of things could be construed as negative, even though they're realistic, but they're just bad. Like no clue what you just said. (laughs) Like for instance, (laughs) If if I was dealing with a situation that really wasn't optimal, and it was it it's a real situation, I can't just not think about it, and I can't just not think about the worst case scenario because you have to plan ahead for the worst case scenario mm-hmm. in some aspects. So how do you decide like when is the time to actually think about the worst case scenario and what you do? Because you can't just go through life expecting the best and then yeah. be blindsided. Yeah. And when's the time when those thoughts come around that you're like, I'm not dealing with this right now because you can't just keep pushing it off. Well, let's bring Gabby in and ask her. It's a great idea. <laughs> Look I, at me. I'm a genius. Just like that. It's almost I like, also always think show. about how um, when the tumors hit your family months before you had met with a financial advisor and mm-hmm. it was about being proactive in the areas you could be so that when disaster strikes you are already Mm pre-planned so you can focus on more of like the the human aspect of it as opposed to what usually happens which is the financial burden and not having your the the health you can control in control so pre-make the decisions when you're of sound mind all right friends let's talk about something we all do snack trust me i've definitely overindulged in the past but as you know i am focused on my health these days. And I think I found the healthier snack that you don't have to lose out on the flavor. And it's definitely become my go-to. It first came into the house because of Kevin. He was obsessed with wonderful pistachios. And then I got addicted. And now it's in my travel bag. I don't leave home without it. It's in our glove compartments because they don't melt. Right now, my favorite flavor is the sweet chili flavor. It feels like some of the naughtier 
kind of snacks I used to use where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them and I feel safer. Um, Plus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. That's crazy, guys. So if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of Wonderful Pistachios. You're going to love them. Yeah, I think that helps. Yeah. That's what I I took. I thought that was crazy that you guys did that. Tony Robbins talks about business is about anticipation. And so you do have to, I think, have a level of that. But what Gabby's going to teach us more about is, is like what Esther talks about. Mm -hmm. Esther Hicks is like being in a good energy space. You'll keep attracting good energy and that you have to, it's less about how much you will enforce and are pushing and more about how much you're manifesting from a good place. And so I think it's there's a combination, right? Like, for example, yes, I happened to interview Tony for his book, Money Master the Game, happened to talk to him about a business idea. He brought me AJ Gupta. I read the book. I did the work. I worked with him and changed everything in my kind of financial plans and without knowing it, set myself up so that I would be okay for the future, that we would be okay. Um, and I'm grateful for that. But it didn't come from fear. It came from empowerment yeah. and education. And so I think it's, I think that energy is probably why it was, it was so powerful yeah. and successful. Side note, we did have AJ Gupta on the show. So yes. you can look back into Oh my God, episodes. his episodes are amazing. You can be empowered too. Yes, yes, yes. Great, great tip stuff. All right. Without further ado, let's get to our guest. She has been named a new thought leader by Oprah Winfrey. She's a New York Times bestselling author, as I said earlier. She's a spiritual activist who's featured on the Forbes list of 20 best branded women as well as Elle Own and The Today Show, among others. Today, we're talking about her latest book, Super Attractor, and how to manifest the life you want. We're going to bring in Gabrielle Bernstein. Hey, everyone. It's Kelsey. And Jeff. And we are here to tell you a bit about our partner, Anchor. We know that you're a fan of this podcast. And maybe you thought, hey, I want to make a podcast, too. Well, we have great news for you guys. We want to tell you all about Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast for a few reasons. But to start out, it's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. Plus, you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Do it, you guys, and enjoy the show. Okay, so Gabby's in studio, and of course, we're like chatting it up already. I'm like, I need to know this and blah, 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 blah. So I'm so happy you're here. And it's already like, I just feel so, such good energy. And like, we're gonna have the greatest conversation that may never end. So be prepared. I hope you brought your pajamas. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, there's so many things I want to get into. But since we started talking about fertility, I guess we can jump into that because it makes so much sense. So I was so happy to hear that you had your son. Mm-hmm. Um, I had similar fertility issues. It was like, I don't know, maybe 10 years of just trying and not having any success. And they said that maybe it was, you know, Kevin. Kevin had that surgery. Right. 
and nothing happened. Mm. We did the fertility, you know, the IVF cycles, mm-hmm. <clears throat> which I knew wasn't a good thing. Oh, you knew that? You felt that before you did it? I knew that pumping chemicals into my body mm. was not a smart idea. Okay. I okay. knew it, but when everybody's doing it and it seems normal. Right. And you start to think, well, I'm getting older now and this might be my only shot to have children. Mm-hmm. So I need to take it seriously and just be like Nike and do it. Mm-hmm. We did it, but it felt wrong. Yeah. That's important to note. <laughs> All yep. the way through. Mm, okay. And then I got a brain tumor. Yeah. And so I don't believe that this initiated the brain tumor. Right. I know the brain tumor was definitely there a long time ago. But it definitely, I think, grew it. Yeah. Because the hormone connection has is being researched and it's very it's a popular opinion. It didn't help. Let's put it that way. <clears throat> yeah. Right? Yeah. However, okay. I do have embryos that, you know, I can oh, now do. use, yes. okay, which is good. great. And, you know, we are in the process of moving forward with that. Um, and, you know, and we're excited about, you know, the possibility of having twins, which is what we're looking for. A hundred percent. There you go. And you know what? You got the embryos. Come on now. That's a yeah. success story. We're yeah. good. You're yeah. good. You're good. Yeah. You're good. Yeah. There's a lot of, a lot to celebrate with that yeah. majorly. Yeah. yeah. But I know that the reason – it's funny. People used to ask me all the time, aren't you so frustrated? Aren't you so depressed? And I'm like, no, because mm. I know that God is going to make it happen when it's supposed to happen. It's the whole thing. Yeah, it's and, the whole thing. And, you know, in the meantime, in the time that I would have wanted it, my mom got diagnosed with stage four brain cancer. I got diagnosed with my brain tumor. Really not the best time to have had it children. It wouldn't have been a good time. <laughs> and it's funny you say that because I look back, it took me three years to conceive. And I look back now, I think the day my son was born, I looked at him and I said, man, you have good timing. <laughs> Your timing was way better than mine. Yeah. Because I had my son at a time when I was energetically prepared. I had worked through some deep stuff. I mean, in the three years that I was trying to conceive, I remembered a childhood trauma that I had dissociated from. So it's like, you know, these things that come up for us that thank God I wasn't with a child at that time because I had to remother myself. I had to learn how to mother myself to heal from that experience in order to be a really strong mother. And so, you know, I think there's no coincidence. There's no accident with fertility. It doesn't matter how the baby comes. I think a lot of women get really hung up about that. I mean, I live in New York City. All my friends are in their 40s doing IVF or, you know, IUI or whatever, or or, or just getting pregnant in their 40s, some of them, yeah. right? And they they have the, they, we all have the same story of, oh, it's, it's a struggle to get there. Not everybody, but anyone that struggled with feelings of, I don't even like to use the word infertility, but um, struggled with the journey towards conception, mm-hmm. that we know that there's so much, I mean, I believe there's so much more involved than just medication. And I know that God has a plan that's better than our own. Mm -hmm. Don't you think though, like when you look back and I remember your speech um, at one of Oprah's events and you were talking about how you were trying to squeeze in the baby into certain timings (laughs) or whatever. And I remember when I was thinking about all this, my husband was like, Maria, your body is a ticking time bomb. This is not meant for your body to do. He's like, and I think the reason we're having so many problems is because we're so type A. We're doing uh, you, you so much it. more than ever. You nailed it. That like we're not the, the body can only do so much. And so it's not that we're infertile, because I fully believe that You're I'm not. very fertile. You're not. I know that sounds crazy after no. so many years of trying. I fully know I'm fully fertile. Yeah. yeah. I think that my body just couldn't do as much as I wanted it to do. And so that's why when you see certain women have such an ease with getting pregnant, 
they're not the type A psychos that we are. You you nailed it. Right? I, I mean, I think that one of the, <laughs> the big reasons I, I did conceive when I did was because I did that uh, that brave work of recognizing my trauma and healing. Because my type A personality was a woman that was trying to stay in control because she had a dissociated trauma, mm-hmm. right? And so the, th- the four years now of unpacking that has helped me get to a place where I'm finally free and I can relax, and I can allow, and I can trust. And at that beginning stage of that that new freedom was when I conceived, because wow. you know I had done a major gut cleanse. I had done a major, and part of that gut cleanse was a zero stress tolerance. You know, boom. And how did you unpack all of this? Did you work with someone specifically? Oh, many people. Yeah. Um, I okay. In 2016, I had a dream that was a memory of being sexually abused as a child. Huh. And then and you'd never known it before. Well, your body knows, right? You, you know, unconsciously, Something's not right. but I didn't know. No, I did not know. Like I literally, but there was all the, there's like the thing that's important to discuss with this. And I'm really glad we're talking about this because a lot's happened to me over the years. And I, I wind up talking, you know, I'm talking about my postpartum or like, there's a lot of yeah. like, and I know that I've been gifted with these sort of dramas so that I can speak very authentically about these yeah. things for people to help really honor them and help them heal. But for the, when you dissociate from a traumatic memory, which happens often to children, if you've had a, have had any abuse as a child you almost literally like your brain just takes it and puts it somewhere else. Yeah. And so, uh, but you have these sort of imprinted memories and I, I had sort of visuals and thoughts and feelings. Like I never let anyone in my family come near me or I would never let anybody get close to me. So, and then, and then of course your body doesn't lie. So TMJ, gut issues, just, you know, addiction is a major reason. I've been sober 14 years now, so I was a, a drug addict. I mean, there's so many reasons we get uh, that we, re- how many ways we react from from uh, unhealed trauma. And so when I was in 2016, I had that dream and then kind of just woke up that morning. I was like, nope, I'm not looking at that. I am not touching that. I want to have nothing to do with that. And then days later, I was in my therapist's office and she said something that triggered me to fully remember at which wow. point I was like sent back into the trauma of it. So if anyone is thinking <clears throat> they may have a, a memory that's surfacing or cracking into a memory or... With summer upon us, friends, hair is going to be even more important. Yes, we've got humidity, we've got sun, we've got all kinds of things. And sometimes it's hard to find the right shampoo for your hair. Everyone's hair is so different and there's no one size fits all solution. That's why I love Way. They have different shampoos depending on your hair type. Want volume? Fine hair and conditioner will give you that extra oomph you need. If you need some moisture and a little extra bounce, find your happy medium with medium shampoo and conditioner. And for my peeps with thick hair like me, give your hair the hydration it deserves with thick hair shampoo and conditioner. Plus, you guys already know Way carries some of my favorite hair care products I use all the time, whether it's the leave-in conditioner, which is my go-to, or the hair oil. They give my hair this hydrating refresh all summer long. Wash your way to healthier hair. <laughs> See what I did there? With shampoos and conditioners made just for you. Go to the way, T H E O U A I dot com. Use the code Heal Squad for 15% off your entire purchase. That's the way.com, T H E O U A I dot com. Use the code Heal Squad. Your hair deserves it. So make sure to get therapeutic help as quickly as you can because you need to have somebody holding you through that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, the, but the biggest work I've done that's healed me the most is EMDR therapy. 
Oh yeah. I've heard mm-hmm. a lot about that actually. Yeah. yeah. What is that process like? The EMDR is radical. It's, it's, it's eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. And you have a, either a buzzer in either hand or a buzzer in either ear, or you can be looking like someone can put their finger up and you can look back and forth like this. And the concept is, is that with that different um, noise or sound or, or, or feeling, or vision on either side, it activates this bilateral brain functioning. So while you're going into the emotional disturbance, and you don't have to go to the exact trauma, you can just go to the feeling of the trauma. And having that that bilateral brain function, it unlocks that amygdala, it unlocks the fight or flight. No way. Yeah, you can you can do one EMDR session. Not not that I recommend doing one. I recommend doing many, but you can do one and walk out feeling completely different. Wow. In fact, the Oprah. The Oprah talk that you referred to, I had to get on a plane the, the day before, but I was really activated in my trauma. And my therapist said, get in here today because I wasn't going to get on the plane. And I walked in and we did some EMDR and I got on that plane and I was in a better place. Wow. Yeah. So you unpacked all that drama, had your baby. Had my baby, had the most amazing pregnancy, the most epic birth and then four months later, had the most fucked up postpartum experience. <laughs> How did you get through that? Yeah. So, especially because, like, this is the hard part. Like, right now, I'm dealing with um, my mom's health has taken a turn. And oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, I feel you. Is that recent? Yeah. Oh, honey. Sorry. No, let it be real. I didn't know it was going to come up, but. Mm-hmm. For the last two and a half years, I've studied all of this so hard, energy and everything. And so I struggle with, I, you know, you get punched in the face. I was saying earlier, you're going to have a reaction. It hurts. Mm-hmm. And then you pick yourself up and you dust yourself off and you keep moving mm-hmm. forward. And so I keep doing that every time I keep getting hit. But how do you handle applying everything that you've learned Without feeling like you could also just be in denial or yeah. being fruity and not yeah. and and naive to the situation, yeah. like and also, you know, not putting into words. You know, ha- there's so many questions I have for you, but like, yeah. um, when something's critical, but you don't want to voice it. Mm. Because you don't want to bring more energy like that. No, I'm that so in. understanding what you're saying, and I really, really am glad that right now where you're at, you're bringing this up so that we can we can maybe redirect the ship a little bit. Because so there's two things happening. One, part of what you're doing is excellent, which is that you're not getting into the hole of the of the of the depression of a sadness or 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 the fear. Or, you know, you're not or letting that get party, momentum. All right. of that. Yeah. Right. You're, you're like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring my best belief system to this, which yeah. is excellent. And solutions, not just wallowing Correct. in the Correct. sadness. Correct. Creating, seeking solutions rather than problems. Yeah. You're excellent. That's perfect. But there's a big, but if you don't have the, the resources and the tools to process the traumatic experience when it happens, because getting news about your mom being ill is really a traumatic experience and, or, or the news about your tumor or the many, the many things along the way. And some of them could be as simple as like losing a job or, you know, not as not, not life threatening. Okay. So there's been trauma along the way. And if you don't have the tools or the resources to sort of, to address that root cause condition in the moment, it won't go away. And so while you're showing up being this beautiful, bright energy and just doing your, 
your spiritual part of choosing to see things through a positive lens, you're, you're still carrying the energetic disturbance. Mm -hmm. So you may have a really good day and then all of a sudden we're talking about your mom and it's like, boom, you know, and that's, that's natural anyway. So let's not really use that as an example. That's a beautiful, natural human response. But, uh, but my hope for you would be to sort of, uh, get the guidance and support whether it be through EMDR, emotional freedom technique, which is another great one, tapping. I could do this with you if you never want to tap, we'll tap. Yeah. And, uh, or even therapeutic guidance that would be sort of a foundation for you so that when these moments come up, you have that tool to turn to. And that was the case, that was the case with my postpartum. So I believe that the only reason I survived that was because I had the foundation. So a spiritual foundation, a therapeutic foundation, and a willingness to go to the, the, the darkest place I've ever had to go, right? And, and I think that's probably the hardest thing that anyone could possibly be willing to do is to go to the places that scare us. Mm -hmm. But it's the way to find freedom. It's the way out. It's the way out. And so, uh, you know, I think also relying on God in those times is, is just crucial because, you know, I was doing all my tools. I was, I was meditating. I was praying. I was, I was doing EMDR. I was doing talk therapy. I was doing all of it and, uh, suffering from insomnia and panic attacks. And then of course, depression, because I had a biochemical issue, but, but as a self-help author, who am I to, you know, have a biochemical, not, not that I wouldn't have mental, yeah. have a mental health issue, but I just, you know, I've written seven self-help books. You know, why can't I fix this? Why can't yeah. I, you know, rely on God for this? And in this case, God was guiding me in a different direction than my tools. And my therapist actually said to me, you know, she had an intervention and was like, you need medical attention. It was a Mother's Day when I said I wanted to kill myself. And, uh, <sighs> you know, the, eventually I was led to an amazing postpartum, uh, postpartum psychiatrist and I went on Zoloft. So here I am. I remember writing seven, seven health, seven self-help books and, yeah. you know, had no experience of, of antidepressants, but the antidepressants saved my life. And so I just want to point that out. It's like, even if you feel like things are going in the wrong direction, they're going in the right direction. It's bringing you to a new You already new said place. it. Yeah. yeah. But, but, um, but back to healing that, uh, that emotional Well, that was like your porthole to now be able to help women in that area too. 100%. Like every time something bad happens to me, I'm like, okay, this is an opportunity I have to grow through this. That's I right. have to get through this. I have to learn from it, and then I can and help then other people. You can people. help other people, right? Yeah, it's a big purpose in it all. But you, you said it perfectly, which is like I got to get through this and help myself first. Yeah, because if we don't do the healing first, then we actually can't authentically help people. But the thing I want to say is, this is God's work, right? So I got I got on antidepressants, which is something I never in a million years would have done because yeah. of the stigma, and you know, I'm you know, I'm a spiritual self help author, all the stories, right? Yeah. But here I was given this blessing of getting on antidepressants, and I say the blessing because the second I got on them, my psychiatrist said to me, you know, this will allow you the safety to do the deeper trauma work. Ooh. So because I was no longer living in a fight or flight panicked state. I've been able to go deep and have had more freedom in the last four months than I've ever experienced in, dec in decades of therapy so, and years of sobriety and all of it, right? So that was like, there's no accident. And then to your point, I think I've, I'm, I'm going to save lives by talking about it. Yeah. What was the hardest part for you? The hardest part was that I didn't recognize my son. Meaning? I was... 
I had insomnia and, and panic attacks in the middle of the night and throughout the day. But uh, so I wasn't sleeping at all. And he was sleeping through the night. When I was with him, I was so depressed and exhausted and depleted and anxious that when I would look at him, I would just like, I was almost like, I have no connection to you. I have no idea who you are. What are you doing here? I, I don't, I don't know how to, and I felt the tremendous guilt that like, who am I? I mean, are you gonna make me cry? Like, yeah. I can't, I can't, so I can't support you. I can't serve you. I can't be the mother that I'm supposed to be. I mean, it was, it was, that was the worst part, by far the worst part. Yeah. Wow. Here's something that you wanted so bad. Mm-hmm. And now mm-hmm. you're like, mm-hmm. I don't even know how to do this. And now that I'm feeling better, I am making up for it tenfold. <laughs> you know, it's like wow. I woke up this morning and I woke up at like 3 a.m. And um, I have I have a nanny traveling with us for my book tour. And my baby was up at like 4.30 and I heard her open the door and I was like, I got it. You know, like I'm just going to yeah. get whatever I can get and be with him as deeply and, and sleep in the bed with him this morning because he was, you know, on the same time zone that I'm on. Yeah. And just now that I've gotten mm-hmm. past that, that phase, I can really relish and this deep, mad love. Wow. Thank you for sharing that because it's, you know, it's so hard to get through things unless people are honest so that they can apply and they can see themselves in you. You know, it's crazy. I remember having an executive say something horrible after I came out with my brain tumor story. And they're like, why does she even want to tell that story? Why does she even, why is she even sharing that? (laughs) Screw that. (laughs) And I'm like, and now there are so many people who have said that that story saved their lives because they heard their symptoms in it. Absolutely. And so the same thing with you, it's so helpful for people to, to. As a first time mom with a baby, I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments, or just spending quality time with little Athena. And that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything, no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps us bag stashed in the nursery. <laughs> you know, for the nighttime hunger moments. Wonderful pistachios comes in a variety of flavors and sizes, making them the perfect snack to have literally any time, whether I'm enjoying them during a quick break in between taping this show or I'm on the go and it's in the diaper bag. I do carry it in my travel bag and they're in my car. At this point, when I'm leaving the house, I think keys, wallet, wonderful pistachios. (laughs) Bonus, wonderful pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, They keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Minus the sweet chili. To hear all of that and and even the details that you're describing because so many people are ashamed to be that honest. And so thank you for that. Um, I think that that's my, uh, that's that's the chosen path I have taken as a teacher is that if I'm not being 100% transparent, authentic, and honest, then I better take the microphone out of my hand mm-hmm. because it's, and that's my form of teaching is to help be, be genuinely aligned with my own journey of suffering and my own journey of healing so that people can recognize themselves in me. Mm-hmm. And then ultimately, I mean, I, I'm not saying I save lives, the stories save lives, yeah. right? The stories save lives. How do people, so if now you've experienced postpartum the way you had, and you know, you talk about it being a biochemical thing, there are other situations that present themselves to people that are traumatic like that. Mm -hmm. And that could be, you know, chemical as well. And 
you know, we could be telling them the same things like, oh, you know, you manifest your thoughts and this and that. How, how do you help those people when what you're t- trying to teach them through this book or the universe has your back or whatever isn't working for them? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's big question. Big question. So there's a lot of answers to that. Qu- there's two different answers to that question. One is there's the person that it's not working for because they're resisting it so much. Mm-hmm. So it's not working for them because they're doing what I call in super attractor, uh, manic manifesting. Like, you know, I'm doing everything. I'm meditating and I'm praying and I'm yoga-ing. Yeah, it's I'm not doing... a to-do list. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> that's when I read that. I was right. like, oh, that's just somebody having a to-do list. That's like, exactly check, right. doing all the right things. Check, check, mm-hmm, check. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm, right. Uh, so there's, and then there's resistance. You know, it's like people, people are willing to, to come to the talks and read the books, but then not apply the work. Right. So that's another reason why it, it works if you work it, as they say in the 12 steps. Mm-hmm. Right. So it works if you work it. But so there's that. But then there is a situation like I was in when I was applying all my tools and, you know, had Deepak Chopra on speed dial and was like, I got everything I need. I had every resource under the sun and it wasn't working. That's when you have to really go sit with a psychiatrist and say, OK, here's what I've tried and it's not working. Is there something more? And get a proper diagnosis. And yes, we're living in a country where where medication is obviously overly prescribed, but mm-hmm. there's many instances where it's not, it's underprescribed. And I think particularly with postpartum. I think with really strong-willed people, it's mm-hmm. hard too, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're probably not someone who wants to take anything. I really don't want to take anything. I had never filled a prescription in my life. I went to the pharmacy that day and I was like, <laughs> how do I do this? Now, like you hand us Not the even like an paper. allergy pill, nothing? Nothing. Whoa. I was brought up homeopathic. I had done nothing. I mean, if you looked at my, if you looked at the, I, I live in two different homes and so both I have a massive drawer filled with supplements. Yeah. Just, I mean, it's, it's the way, it was the path I'd chosen. So I had, I had no medication and then all of a sudden had like all this different stuff that I was being, you know, guided to. And it has, I think that, you know, from a spiritual perspective, God works through medicine, God works through doctors, God works through a podcast. Yep. You know, someone's listening to this right now and feeling like they're getting exactly the guidance that they needed because they're hearing their story, yep. right? Uh, but, but when we accept that, we can see that pill as like a special agent that is there to really allow us to not only have a, maybe a physical healing, but more importantly, a mental shift, a shift in perception. And a belief system that's 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 allowing ourselves to. I remember what it was so interesting. I'd been suffering, 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 and then the night that I went to go pick up that prescription, I went out to dinner with my husband. I hadn't slept in four months or two, three months, and I sat down at the table and I was in the best mood. And I was like, "Oh my god, the Zoloft is already working." I hadn't even taken it yet. You know, it's just like that placebo effect yeah. of just knowing, like, I have a path and I'm going to be healed. Mm-hmm. And it's, I mean, it's it's everything. I think that we have to believe. Yeah. That's so funny. I love Joe Dispenza's book, The Placebo Effect. I actually was just with Joe yesterday. He just like saved me this this book tour. He looked at me and he's like, what diet are you on? Because I, I don't know why he asked, but this is an interesting example of God working through people, right? Yeah. So I've been, I, I had some gut issues after the, um, after the postpartum because there was so much stress and anxiety. Yeah. And so I um, got diagnosed with candida, which is yep. like overgrowth Leaky of gut, yeast. Right? Yeah, exactly. And so that's not a fun thing to have before a book tour. So it was perfect timing. I really did a cleanse and got, you know, got really into a better place. But, you know, it comes and goes a little bit as you're healing it. It takes a while to get rid of. And so I was speaking at an event with Joe and I was at dinner with him and a group. And I was just thinking to myself, you know, wouldn't it be nice if I was, you know, just, just found a solution. I just am ready to just feel really good right now for the next three weeks and I'm on the road and... 
That was a prayer. And then I sit down, down next to Joe, and he goes to me, Gabby, what, what diet are you on? I was like, I'm on the candy diet. He's like, oh, the can't eat it diet? And I was like, yes, exactly. <laughs> um, but then he recommended this this um, this enzyme that I think right there at the table gave me some that night, and I've been feeling amazing ever what since. What is the enzyme? It's called Spectrozyme from Metagenics. Okay. And he was like, you know, have two before every single meal, and even in the beginning, he had me even taking more. And it's not a probiotic. No, it's a digestive enzyme. Got yeah. it. And because when you have like low, when you have gut issues, you typically have low uh, HCL, hydrochloric acid. So you aren't breaking down your food properly. Mm-hmm. And so like that was God though. I just oh yeah, that. you asked, but that's because you're so connected and you're so aligned that you asked and it came because it's not blocked. You're not blocked for it to not come. Yeah. Because I had the same thing like last mm-hmm. night I prayed and I, and I, all day I was praying, my like, God, tell me what I need to do next with her. Tell her, tell me what, you know, what's right, what's wrong. Just show me the way. Yeah. And before I went to bed, I had put my phone aside and just before I closed my eyes, I'm like, let me just check one last time. Mm-hmm. And there's an email from a neurologist there you go. who had been randomly connected to me this week. And he confirmed all of my gut feelings. I sent this email and said, these are the things I'm concerned about. These are the things that my gut is saying. And he was like, listen to your gut. Yeah. He's like, you have more common sense yeah. in this field than most doctors yeah. is what he said, yeah. which is funny. But yeah. I was like, does it make sense that we're going to just kind of shoot in the dark here? Like, yeah. And yeah. and so anyhow, again, I prayed, I asked, and it came. And yeah. I have such faith in that yeah. mechanism because I've seen it work forever for everything. Yeah. And the reason it's working is because you believe and because you're open and you're receptive and you're listening. It's like you can ask and you'll always be given an answer, but we're not paying attention to it too often, right? Not not us. You and me, we're listening. We're listening. Yeah. And I hope everyone out here, you know, begins to listen. It's actually what the whole, my whole new book is about. It's just getting into that alignment and that communication and that constant contact with the higher power that you believe in. Mm -hmm. So I guess... You know, there's so many things I want to ask about, but um, with the whole the whole notion of not putting a voice to something, mm-hmm. right? Like there was somewhere I, I heard or read that you didn't even want to talk too much about your postpartum because you don't want to continue voicing that energy. Yeah. And so that's where I started to get confused where I was like, okay, how much do I say about my mom? How much do I not right. say? It's all about when you say it. And it seems to me, so, so. Because also like you want to ask for people's prayers and good energy to yeah. come. But like with that, there's almost a level of, I have to let people know mm-hmm. we're in a critical situation, but mm-hmm. I don't want to admit that it's a critical thing because I have faith that we're going to be fine. And I don't want all these people's sad energy coming in either. <laughs> My hit for you is that it's a little too soon for you to go. I mean, you're going to go out in your own community, but maybe not too far, you know, too far into it until you feel grounded in the path and in the path that you're on. Because mm-hmm. so, so for instance, like when I first remembered my trauma, I remember calling my, my speaking coach and being like, Oh my God, I have to, I have to talk about this. I have to save every single woman who's been sexually abused. I have to just get out into the world and just save people. And and this was like three months into my recovery. And she was like, slow your roll. You know, she was like this, you are not ready for that. It is too vulnerable. It is too raw. You are not standing on two feet right now. And if you tried to share this, it won't land because 
not even that it won't land, but it won't serve you because you will re-traumatize people in the audience because you're still in your trauma. And so it was only until I could fully, fully, fully face that shame, admit that shame, own that shame, be present in that shame that I could... You know, I actually said childhood trauma for so many years until literally recently, maybe the last two months, I've been saying sexual trauma. Even the New York Times, like three weeks ago, I did did an interview that was supposed to be like a day with Gabby, you know, like my green juice and my meditation or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I went there. I was like, I've been sexually abused as a child. I'm on Zoloft. You know, like I went out. I I got so many emails from people because they were like, thank you for saying all the things I have never been able to say. Yeah. But had I done that too soon... It wouldn't have helped people, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think definitely speak about what's going on with you, but to the extent that it doesn't feel overwhelmingly vulnerable, that you uh, are triggered by it. Yeah. And like the more you move through something, it becomes easier and easier to speak about, as you know. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that. That makes a lot of sense. But you are God's messenger. You know, you, you're a light worker and, and you have a big, big, big voice to help people. So it is a responsibility that you carry to tell the truth and tell the stories, mm-hmm. but you, the more you put into it in terms of your own recovery, the easier it will be to share and the more supportive it will be for people. Yeah. I know I told my husband yesterday because we're developing this health show to help families. And I said, honey, please remind me of this moment where I'm so afraid. And so that when I'm trying to help people through with all of my tools and tips and tricks, that I can have the empathy that I need to have in that moment to let them have that mm-hmm. moment mm-hmm. too, mm-hmm. because we're still humans. Like mm-hmm. we can't be super, like super machines of like perfection. We're right. going to get hit. Right. We're go- we, we are going to feel it at some point mm-hmm. and we have to allow ourselves to feel it. Right. I think you, you, you pretty much nailed it with the word feel because what many people will do is they will meditate over the problem or they'll drink over the problem or they'll work over the problem or they'll, uh, you know, or, or they'll save the world over the problem. Right. But what we need to do before we can, in order to move forward with grace is to actually be really present with our feelings. And it's not something that we're taught. Yeah. We're not, you know, people have been asking me lately, like, what's the best advice you can give to mothers? And I'm like, okay, I've been doing this for 10 months, but this is what I can tell you is to honor the child's feelings. Because when we get into that habit of just experiencing our feelings in the moment, we can reprocess Mm -hmm. and then in a very healthy way, move into the next thing we have to do rather than living trigger to trigger to trigger to trigger to trigger, you know? Yeah. It's ping pong. It's ping pong. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about some of the good stuff that you have in this book (laughs) that people need to learn. Um, And, and I, you know, I had so many questions in here that we might've answered some of them already, but one of the things that I wanted people to learn who are listening is how to kind of wake up to your power. Like you talk about, you know, women give their power up so often. Mm. I know I have, mm-hmm. um, I had a breakthrough this summer where I was like, Oh, okay, I get it. I, I got to own my power more. Yeah. Um, it's so easy not to, how mm. do you explain to people how to own their power more consistently? Well, first they have to know where their true power lies. I think a lot of people, particularly women, well, no, men, majorly, yeah, think that their power lies in their credentials mm-hmm. or their power lies in their their status or their relationship status or their financial status or a false pretense that they've built up around themselves. And you can see this in all different areas of life, right? 
And when we have that false sense of power, it's, it's just, it's, it's a constant hamster wheel. It's constantly chasing that feeling of being empowered. And so ultimately we have to really recognize where our true power lies and our true power lies in our willingness to be real, be vulnerable, be honest, be ourselves, right? So the most, the sexiest person in the room is the person who's the most authentic, right? The, 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 the person you want to hire is the person that's the most real and genuine. So, but what is that authenticity? That's someone who is allowing a presence of a, an energy beyond their own to move through them. Someone that's inspired because when you're inspired, you're in spirit. So when we have a clear channel, because we've done spiritual work or self-help work or any type of personal growth work, and we've gotten ourselves to a place where we honor who we are, no matter the good, the bad, and the ugly, and we're just in peace and we've released some shame, that's when we're truly powerful. Because we're not running from shame, we're not running from fear, we're not running from the belief that we need to be seen in a certain way. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just think you know, a lot of people say to me like, oh, you know, are you proud of, 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 of where you've gotten in your career or who you are or whatever it is? And I say, what I'm most proud of is that I'm more me, that every day I become more me. And when I become more me, I become far more powerful. Oh my God. Yes. So true. Mm-hmm. So true. Okay. Mm-hmm. So first step is figuring out what your power is. Like I like making lists. It's like, <laughs> what's step one? Here are the things I'm good at. And more, you know, <laughs> These are the things I can own and yeah. feel good about. Yeah. I mean, to keep it, to really simplify it, it's like, yeah, we all have great skills and strengths, but our greatest source of power is being aligned with feeling good, being authentic and being real. Because when we're in that energy of what I refer to as a super attractor power, it's not a power that's there because we've had all this success or because we've, uh, you know, made so much money. It's a power that lies within us. That's a sense of safety, certainty, security, and a sense of knowing that there's a, that there's a guidance system beyond your will. Because when we're in that story of I'm making it happen, then we're misaligned from that super attractor power. When we're in a story of I'm co-creating this experience, that's where the alignment comes in. Mm -hmm. Right. That's when we're listening. Because we're spirits having human experiences. That's correct, my friend. Yes. I reread that this morning and it was like, I, like I needed to hear that today specifically mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because it also just releases a lot of pressure. Yes. Right? It's just a yes. human experience. We're yes. just like flowing through and yes. if we can just flow through <laughs> and know and that then, whatever is horrible today will be better tomorrow or different. Right. Right? And the more we align with our spiritual foundation and if someone's listening right now and it's like I don't have a spiritual foundation, you know, you could find spirit running, you could find spirit playing with a child, you could find spirit cooking, you could find spirit you are in spirit right now doing your inter- whenever you're interviewing people that's that light that that people have been seeing in you for years for your entire career that light isn't just cuz your skin is glowing thanks <laughs> thank you so that's what that's what you know that's that's why you've had success you know that's why someone someone is uh attracting people into their life that are exactly as they need to be mm-hmm. so so if someone's not necessarily on a spiritual path listening to this think about it as inspiration I like that. That's yeah. a nice, easy way for people to mm. to understand it. But you also talk about how people can misuse their super power, right? Yeah, I think that we're all super attractors. Everyone. It's not like this is a book I'm being like, you know, here's how you become a super attractor. You already are a super attractor. But it's just what are you attracting? <laughs> correct, correct, correct. 
but also that we forgot that we can really use that power wisely and how to connect to it so that it does benefit us to the extent that we begin to attract what we want. Mm-hmm. And so we're always attracting, we're always attracting, we're always attracting, but we're in a low vibration and a, and a story of, of, of lack or je- jealousy or judgment or attack or uncertainty or disbelief. We're just attracting more of what we don't want. We become a magnet for what we don't want. Mm-hmm. So we, you know, that this is all about how to get back into alignment with what we do want. That's what I always tell people. That's exactly what I always look at. I'm like, okay, I'm a magnet. I just envision myself as a magnet. Mm-hmm. What am I bringing in? Mm-hmm. And so when you talk about coming from lack, I know that Esther Hicks has been such a guiding force with mm-hmm. me with that. Mm-hmm. Um, like even at night, instead of, you know, asking for things, I, I, I shift the verbiage a little, like continue to flow abundance into yeah. my life Thank and you. all you of these it. areas, good yeah. people, creativity, happiness, yeah. fulfillment. Good. And um, can you explain that notion to people who haven't studied mm-hmm. Esther Hicks or, mm-hmm or haven't maybe studied you yet, mm-hmm. um, what that is and what that means. I knew you were a student of Abraham because you, like every, like even what you were saying earlier about having uh, the experiences that were difficult, but then continuing to lean into the good experiences as well. So it's interesting. Uh, let's go there. So, But it's funny. I felt that stuff before I started studying. Once I started studying, yeah. it all connected and made yeah. so much sense. Right, because it's the universal curriculum. Yeah. It's, it's what we are here as. Yeah, like for a while I was saying I felt so lost and lonely after mm-hmm. because I was feeling all these things and I felt so separated from the regular world. Yeah. And then I started finding my people, like the yeah. Wayne Dyers and the Esther yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, this is what I've been yes. looking for. Thank you. <laughs> yes, exactly. But they're just reminding you of what you already know. So, so the, in my book, I reference Abraham 23 times, and I, you know, I, I, I had I not de- had I not dedicated this book to my son, I would have dedicated it to Esther Hicks and Abraham. And so, for anyone that's listening, Esther Hicks is a channel who channels this uh, collective energy called Abraham, which is. Uh, uh, all about the law of attraction. Let's just put it this way. They're, the whole work is about the law of attraction and the power of positive thinking and getting into an energy that is uh, aligned with source. And in that place of alignment, we become super attractors, right? So I, 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 a lot of what's in this book are my own personal methods, but also uh, teaching Abraham and how I've experienced it. Uh, but there are some differences for me. Because as I said to you, I don't, I don't think Abraham would say, you know, go into the feelings of, of discomfort you know, to, to, to clean up the disturbance, right? Abraham would be like, you know, reach for the next best feeling thought and reach for the next best feeling thought. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I've just, I've just interpreted spiritual principles in a way that is, means something to me. And my belief system is that we can be going to the disturbance and still have a positive perspective about it. I guess Abraham would say this too, that you could be in anger, but it's better than it was yesterday because yesterday you were in despair, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, the emotional so, scale. That's right, that's right. So I think, um, you know, just recognizing that it's okay to be working through your stuff and you don't have to put paint over it and pretend like it's not happening because working through your stuff was better than not working through your stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, because how are you going to grow unless you do work through it? Right. And it will feel better because you'll feel momentum that you're moving in the right direction. Yeah. I feel like, um, you know, f- using my personal experience, for example, you know, as I'm going through this right now with my mom, normally what I would have done is shut everything down. You know, we're hunkering down. And 
And instead, last night I had dinner plans and I actually went. Good for you. Good. And I wasn't even feeling well. Like I was so sick and I just was like, I don't think I should go. But then I was like, no, you have to go. You have to make different choices. Yeah. And so I made the different choice. I knew I knew that if I went, I was going to be with positive, happy, fun people mm-hmm. that were going to brighten me up and help lift me up in mm-hmm. that moment. And that, again, if I'm in good feeling thoughts, I just keep saying all day, anytime I'm saying, I'm like, good feeling thoughts, where am I going? Okay, yeah. I'm going this way. Yeah. Good feeling thoughts, the dogs. Okay, I'm going to yeah. hug the dogs. Yeah. Okay, yeah. good feeling thoughts, I'm going to I'm gonna listen to this. And, yeah. and the yeah. more I'm in good feeling thoughts, the more of that I'm going to attract. Yeah, 100%. Right? Yes, ma'am. And so can you explain that theory to people so that they can understand it in better terms than what I'm even describing? Yeah, I mean, you're the perfect Give example. me the science. You're going through a tough time, right? You're going through a tough time and you're going to do the, you know, you're going you're gonna to sit with the feelings when you're ready to. But in this moment, you have to show up for life, right? Yeah. And so are you going to show up for this tough time with more drama or are you going to show up for this t- tough time with light? And so, you you know, what you just described is exactly what this method is, is reaching for the next best feeling thought. So, you know, I'm in this dark place, but I got my dogs, right? Yeah. And, that, and reaching for something you believe in, reaching for something that's, as Abraham would say, go general, right? So general for you was, I got my dogs, right? Mm-hmm. And then it's like, and I'm going to have some fun with my friends at dinner and I can still have fun with my friends at dinner, even though this is really happening and this is so major in my life, but yeah. I can still have fun in, with my friends at dinner. And I'm going to wake up and do my work, which is what I love the most and I love working and I love being, you know, lit up by truth and and that's going to be amazing. And then I'm going to have dinner with my husband tonight and I love my husband and we're going to get creative because Mm -hmm. that's how I'm just going on and on. But you can just go, go, go and reach, reach, reach and go for the next feeling thought. For instance, you know, even as simple as me waking up at 3.30 in the morning because I'm on East Coast time (laughs) and thinking, you know, I can go to the place, um, almost like a trauma response from the form when I had the, um, when I had, yeah, when I had the insomnia of, oh my God, I can't go back to sleep. And instead I was like, okay, I can lie here and meditate. And then when I hear my, my son crying, I said, I can, I can go get him in the morning and I can lie in bed with him and play with him. And then okay, I'm still awake and I didn't go back to sleep and I woke up at 3.30, but you know what? God's energy will carry me throughout the day. Much better feeling thought than I'm not going to make it. It's going yeah. to be a tough day. Yeah. Because then it becomes that. It, you create your reality, period. Yeah. 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 I think it's so important for people to understand that and understand reaching for that better feeling thought. Because first of all, what good is it going to do you if you are thinking about those negative thoughts, totally. first of all, how is that going to make you a better mom to your son? How is it going to make you a better um, deliverer of you know spirituality and 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 wellness and everything and and healing? And same with me. How is it going to help my mom if I'm deteriorating by staying in that wallowing negativity? Correct. Right. Right. But this is where I differ from Abraham in that. I believe in the Abraham work, which is that throughout our days, we should be leaning towards love all the, all the time. And that I also believe that leaning towards love will guide us to resources that will help us go into the deeper disturbance so that we can heal it, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not, I want to be really conscious of telling people that it's, this isn't about just saying, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, because that is a problem in itself. Yeah. Right. Because you just don't want to just, you know, pretend like nothing's happening. Mm-hmm. So there's a difference between and, and I think you're doing it perfectly. You're like, this is happening, but I can still enjoy the dogs. Right. Yeah. And so you're not you're not denying what's really happening in your life. And you're yeah. letting yourself come move be moved to tears and, and, and letting the tears out right mm-hmm. now. And so 
Yeah, I think you are on the right path. Even at dinner, you know, people asked me how my mom was doing. And so I went through the story, but in a funny way. I'm like, mm-hmm. well, this happened, mm-hmm. and then, oh, then mm-hmm. this happened, yeah. and then this yeah. happened. And so yeah. I tried to make it funny because yeah. it was it was it was so absurd yeah. that I was like com- I always have this rule in our house Kevin and I comedy must rule. That's so great. So we spin horrible things into something funny yep. because it's all you can do. Yep. And and that was my way of not attracting more negativity and mm-hmm. sorrow. It was kind of like this is kind of insane. Yeah. I know that sounds crazy, but no, that was the best way that crazy. I could do it. It's crazy um, not to and be not like burdening that. other people. You're nailing it because, okay, you, yeah, I keep saying that all, the whole time. I'm like, you nailed it. Thank um, you. <laughs> um, I'm going to listen back to this for myself later. Be like, yes. What did I teach myself? Yes. Um, no, but because I, you know, I do a lot of Q&A at my talks and it's my favorite part of the talk because it's the most real and it's the most connected. And and, and when two people You connect, light up when that happens. I love I've it. watched you. I love it. And there's just a whole other energy yeah, that comes. It moves. But this thing happens where a lot of you, a lot of people are suffering, and they want to be seen and heard, and they get up and they want to tell their story and the drama of their story, and I can see the whole room, all of the energy from like this high vibe talk, and then the whole room gets sucked into the story, right? Yeah. And so in those, there's places for that 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 more coaching kind of one on one. That's like a workshop or you know, uh, or in a therapy session, right? But we were deba- we were debating like, oh, do we cut the Q and A? And then you know, I was like, I can't. Like, I, I was resisting it so much. I'm like, I can't. I love it so much. And so right now, I'm at this crossroads where like, how do I hold that space for people to be in the truth of what's going on, but not suck the energy out of the room? It's so hard because right. everybody. And here's the thing: is there's a tendency to want to over dramatize mm-hmm. the story so that mm-hmm. everyone feels bad for you. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's the thing that I remember. Um, I found out about my mom. I was on a plane and I had to do a press tour the next day. So I was like, okay, I got to just focus. I got to get through this. And then I got into my tub that night after with a glass of wine. I just sat there and I just thought, and I realized I can call all my friends, burden them and tell them all how horrible this is yeah. and how terrible this is happening yeah. and blah, blah, blah. Or I can go into action and stay positive and, and just attract more of that. And I think that that's when I realized the difference between kind of being victim-y. Yeah. And and it's tough because when you're a victim, you're a victim. I get right, it. Like right. we all have our moments. Right. But, but nobody really cares. Here's the thing. Right. That's only your closest, closest people. Yeah. And all they can do is say they're sorry. Yeah. So and- now you've burdened them just to get that Instead, for me, it's like, let them be inspired by the way you're carrying yourself, right? It's like I was, when I wrote my diet and fitness book, I'm like, say no to the piece of bread. Everyone at the table is going to be looking at you like you are just like- A rock star. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Because you have the the willpower to say no. It's kind of like the same energy where you're like, listen, something horrible is happening, but I'm trying to handle it as gracefully as I can. Yeah. And they're still going to be telling you that they're sorry, but- do you really need all of that? Do you need right. everyone to feel we, sorry for you? When we start collecting, you know, people to commiserate with our stuff, it, it's it actually it's Abraham, right? It's like if you focus on your illness, you'll be ill. If you focus on your wellness, you'll be well. Yeah. But I I also say that we we all need a Jamie. Okay, so this is something I've been talking about lately. One of my best friends is named Jamie, and she's going through some stuff right now. And obviously, as you've heard, I've been going through some stuff recently, and 
happy to say I'm out of it. Uh, <clears throat> but Jamie and I, throughout that that really dark period for, that we were each having, we would just get on the phone once a day, and I would be like, "Okay, you go." Like, <laughs> and then I'd be like, "Okay," and then she'd be like, "You go," and I go, Brr! and then I we'd be like, "Okay, that. I feel better." The <laughs> emotional purge. It was just a purge, and you yeah. know, but people do it with thirty people. That's that's, that's where the, we're that's talking what about. I'm trying to talk yeah, about, or in it's front like, of an audience of two thousand at the yeah, talk or whatever like you, it is. You go to yeah. thirty different people. Now you don't realize you've put so much energy mm-hmm, out. Just. Mm-hmm. All day long talking and obsessing. Not good for you, you know, I'm or a, them. I'm a former obsessor. I'm a former. I'm a. Rec- I'm in recovery from obsessing and and using people and. and All of us have done. Yes. I've done it too. Yes. And it's but that was my moment to say I'm not going to do this anymore because totally. I don't see the benefit. I, 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 it's excellent. That's amazing. Yeah, just make sure you got your Jamie. Yeah, you need a Jamie. And I make sure Jamie. Kevin. Well, I was going to say, make sure your Jamie isn't your Kevin. That was the next thing I was going to yeah, say. Yeah, poor Kevin gets dumped on. Yeah, it's not that he shouldn't be a voice and a hold and hold space for you, but it's it's um because it's such an intimate relationship. The thing that we forget as women is how affected our men are by seeing us in pain and suffering, and that doesn't mean that they that we should not be look number one be vulnerable with your man a hundred percent, but also recognize their traumatic experience because they're you know even look in their genetic makeup they have a belief system I'm supposed to care for her, and when we're like off the rails, it's traumatizing for them right yeah. so there mm-hmm. is sort of like okay I'm gonna bring I'm gonna come to Kevin after I've talked to Jamie you yeah. know what I mean yeah, yeah, yeah. and so I mean no way am I saying don't don't bring your truth to your husband but but I I, I had to like really hold my husband in his mm-hmm. experience of going through so much with me, you know, remembering trauma, gut issues, yep. you know, PTSD and postpartum. You know what I yep. mean? It's like the poor guys, he needs EMDR. I know. He does. No, Kevin needs it too. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I have my Alyssa. So you, right. you have Jamie, I have Alyssa, but yeah, yeah I think that's, Alyssa is the only person that I can dump on in that way where I that's tell her need. everything and then I that's all you can need. let it go. Yeah. Um, can you talk about pushers? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I we, loved this. They know who they are. I'm a former pusher too, <laughs> you know? Um, and it's interesting. I think the people that have had the most successes are not pushers or former pushers, pushers, because when you're in that pushy energy and you know who you are, if you're listening, you know, I, I, the pusher believes that if I don't do it, it won't happen. Mm-hmm. If I don't make it happen, it won't happen. This is what I was telling you, Stephen, last week. Listen up. Okay, Stephen, here we go. So <laughs> so if I don't make it happen, it won't happen. And so first of all, let's think about that. How does that feel when you're around somebody who's like trying to force something into form? You're like, I do not want to be around that. That does not feel good. I don't want to, I don't want to support that vision. I don't want to get involved in that, right? Um, a good example is somebody recently sent me this book, you know, people will always send me their 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 um their books or their their book proposals or things like this. And this guy emailed me and he emailed me all about his book. And I was like, damn, this book sounds good. And it's super relevant to me right now. And I'd be really interested in listening or learning more and send me a copy. The second I opened that door, this guy had a sledgehammer. You know, it was like every day emailing me, when can I get together? When are we going to do a video for my book? When are we going to do... And then I never even read the book because I was just like, you are pushing me, man. Yeah. And that the universe and people and humans and energy don't respond to that pushiness. Had he just let it go and practice what I call in my book, spiritually aligned action, which is, you know, really putting something out with service and love and then believing that the universe will provide because the believing is what allows you to stop pushing and then taking any action from a place of that spiritual connection and alignment and then being patient. Yeah. Had he had he moved in that way, I probably would have endorsed the book by now. Yeah. Yeah, but now he's turned you off. I, I, I never want to look at that book. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's that's interesting because um, patience was something that was I had to really learn. And it came from a priest when we were dealing with all this stuff. And he said in Greek to me, pomoni. And for some reason, I thought pomoni meant, um, you know, like he's sending me strength. And then I looked it up and I'm like, oh, shit, I've had the wrong definition for this word for so long. It's patience. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? And I really needed to hear that. Right. And that's what it was. And that's when I let everything kind of just go. I'm not pushing for jobs. I'm not pushing for anything. My agent hasn't heard from me in two and a half years, really. I, I'm doing my thing and allowing what's supposed to come to come. Yeah. It can get scary at times. Mm-hmm. But teaching people that I think is so important, and I know that's a big thing that um, Abraham teaches is the art of allowing and allowing what is meant for you to come to you. And so how do you teach people how to patiently Mm. await that and also the dynamics of not pushing and willing and forcing and allowing, like... Okay. It's a very tricky thing to teach people because it's scary. Fear is such very a bad scary thing. for people. So <clears throat> it's funny that this is where you went because when I when I've been on my book tour, I get to that lesson about this the spiritually aligned action method, and I get to the step on patience, and the whole room goes oh, <laughs> <laughs> like literally it's moaning in the room, and I'm like, okay, I guess we got work to do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, patience comes when you're faithful. Yeah. Patience come, comes with faith. So so rather than trying to work towards patience, work towards faith. Ooh. Focus your attention on 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 strengthening your fear, your spiritual faith in whatever form that comes for you, whether it's through prayer or meditation or or journaling or using the power of positive thinking. And the more you believe, the more patient you are because you just have a sense that this this or something better. And and it's it's crucial to be in a state of patience in order for things to come into form. Because like I can see for you right now, the patience that you've had and the stillness that you've had and the, you know, no conversations with your agent for two years is in the pursuit of something majorly big for you, which is what you're doing right now. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you're going to call me in two years and be like, well, you were right. You know, or, <laughs> or sooner or sooner. It's like, yeah. this is, this is God, this is the work that you're being called to do. And it's, and it's, and it's only happening because you're patient and faithful, right? Yeah. Because if you weren't, you wouldn't be in here right now. You'd be hustling because your agent would have a million opportunities for yeah. you because you'd be pushing it for it, you know? Yeah. And you'd be missing your true calling. Well, you'd be filling the schedule with things that aren't taking you where you're supposed to go. It's just 100%. filler. 100%. And so your willingness to be in faith and your willingness to be patient is what's what's putting you in in the exact work and purpose of what you're here to be. And this is what your life's work will be. Yeah. Right. And so really owning and claiming that and, and it's major when we accept that. Uh, and really, I think the biggest part about patience is accepting that, 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 you know, here's the best, my favorite quote from A Course in Miracles. Those who are certain of the outcome can afford to wait and wait without anxiety. Ooh. Yeah. It's a good one. It's good. Because it's that certainty. Mm-hmm. You know, I was at, a, I spoke at Agape here last year and I was in the bathroom and, you know, there's probably some good messages that come through in the bathroom at Agape and there was a sign on the wall and it said, faith isn't asking God for help. Faith is knowing help is on the way. Mm, that makes me want to cry. I love yeah, that. Yeah. So yeah, it's got chills too. <laughs> so good. Yeah. So it's really the, the, the work that the work isn't isn't making something happen. The The work is getting spiritually aligned. Mm-hmm. In that faith, we can let go and allow. 
How do people apply that that are sitting in a job that they're not really happy with, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but they have to pay their bills? Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're sitting here saying, just, you know, align with spirit and be chill and everything's going to come to you. You How do you help those people to understand this? First of all, I'm going to give you and I more credit than than, than that, because I think, you know, we're both sitting here having gone through a lot of shit, big shit, and you've gone through (laughs) some seriously big shit. And your faith is what has got you through. Totally, right. So let's not let's not like let's not forget the that we you know a lot of a lot of you know shows you can come on and you're just talking about like you know you're not showing that truth and so it can look exactly like you said like who are you to say this you know like why would you know I'm I'm broke I'm depressed I'm I'm living on the street I don't you know and so lately I've been able to say to people listen. It's my faith that, that, that helped me not kill myself with my postpartum because while I had no access to the tools that I knew had saved me before, I had access to God. And that, that was when, and when God spoke through me, when I hit my bottom and said, call your friend, Ken Cohen, and then Ken, he's a you know, psychiatrist. And then Ken referred me to this incredible person. That's God. God saying, call Ken Cohen. Right. And then Ken making that next call. And and it's like, and it all happening as fast as it did because in my prayer, I listened. So the answer isn't that it's easy and everything was going to work out tomorrow because, you know, you just decided that it will. But if, when, when things are the darkest is when you need your faith most. Yeah. And so prayer, even, even what you were talking about, the power of positive thinking, because even it's harder when you're, you know, in a really dark, despairing, you know, difficult yeah. place. But listen, I've met a lot of people over the years that are in difficult times in their life, but they're uh, bringing joy to a situation. Um, I've hired those people. Mm-hmm. You know, they've been broke. They had no money. And I was like, something about you is awesome. Like you're leaning into joy, like come into my world. I've been on the phone recently with people like um, I was was returning some Zara kids stuff. I heard this story. <laughs> I loved it. And I, I, and I don't remember that I told this one. And and I, um, you know, I, I I I said to the woman like, "Can I hire you?" Yeah, right? she her customer service she was so was amazing, so excellent. And I'm always looking at people like 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 even yesterday here in in um in LA, I was at this cafe and there was this guy Jesse and he was serving me some coffee and. I was like, Jesse, you are the man, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, can we hire Jesse? <laughs> like, yep. I'm just trying to hire everybody that's nice to me. But it's yeah. that's how it is. You know, bring your best no I matter what. I would say what. always be auditioning no matter where mm-hmm. you are. Mm-hmm. And not in an inauthentic way. Just know people are watching you. Yeah. And could find you anywhere. Mm-hmm. I worked at Dunkin' Donuts. I was always showing up as my best self. Totally. Because I was like, who knows who's going to be buying a coffee from me today? Yeah. Yeah. You know? Right. Steven was our waiter at Chili's. And we would go into Chili's all the time. And he was the only one who remembered our order, took it and did it right and and delivered it with a smile. And he was fun. And we became friends. And then we hired him. Oh, wait, and, that is the best. Yeah. I'm looking, I look over to see yeah. Stephen and I see this like, wall of lemon. Chicken lemons, wings, yeah. extra crispy with sauce on the side. Wait, Stephen, yeah. that's Potato skins. an epic yeah. story. What a good story. Yeah. Yeah, now he's well, running our digital network, not just here. He's this is like a side gig. He's running our AfterBuzz TV studios, and so, um, and we have so many of those stories because you can find gems everywhere. Everywhere, yeah. As Kevin always says, he's like, I hire for heart and I train for skill. Oh, I, I love Kevin. Yeah, I, you need to meet him. You're gonna love him. I love Kevin. Yeah, he needs to meet my husband too. Yeah, wow. yeah. We need to we need to do that. Um, One other thing that was popping into my head today, and we talked about this earlier in the show, yesterday I was having this moment in the car with Kevin. I said, 
Oh, honey, if you could be in my head and just see some of the thoughts that just fly through uninvited, Mm -hmm. you might lock me up. Mm -hmm. And then he started laughing and I'm like, why are you laughing? He goes, no, if you could be in my head every day, (laughs) he's like, you would lock me up. Maybe you would run away. And I started thinking, how do you, when, when you know that thoughts or ideas come to you, not thoughts, ideas come to you, I believe. Thoughts, I know, kind of flow through. We have yeah. 60 plus thousand of them a day. Right. How do you distinguish between horrible thoughts that pop into your head where you're seeing future things that haven't happened yet that are terrifying and horrible with what you're meant to see and 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 the difference between the thought and fear activating it somehow? Like, it's such a hard right. thing because mm-hmm. I really believe so much messages that come through to us, mm-hmm. but I think I'm pretty good at seeing like, oh no, that's just me being in fear state and these horrible things are coming. Right. So I just yell no. <laughs> I'm like, no. Uh, excellent. And I push it away. Excellent. And I'm like, good feeling thoughts. And then I start to try to think of good feelings. You're thoughts. you're literally practicing what I've written in the book, which is the choose again method. Yeah. And oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. Exactly. You know, it's like you you witness the thought. So here's the thing. The majority of our thoughts are Yeah, witness, forgive, and then and then thought. And then choose again. Yeah. Okay, that, so then, you know, go right this. into Abraham 101, yes. right? So, um, so first of all, you're, you're saying something really important, which is that we, the majority of our thoughts are going to be fear-based because that's what we've been programmed to believe in. And so it's, but it's someone like yourself who's actually probably not, not in the majority anymore because you've worked really hard yeah. to reprogram the way you lean into something differently quickly, right? So yep. I'm applauding you right now. Thank you. I really am proud of Thanks. you. And so, you know, so when we, so we've been programmed to, you know, Detour into fear, detour into fear, detour into fear, detour into fear. And that becomes our default. Mm-hmm. And so once we be, begin to embark on a spiritual path or a personal growth path of any kind, we begin to look for something different, right? And that new, that new repetition of a new pattern literally changes your neural pathways and it begins to create a new habit. It's a new habit of reaching for that better feeling thought. So while it's not to say we're never going to have judgment, we're never going to have attack, we're never going to have fear because we will all day long, it's that we come back faster and we don't believe in it anymore. Mm -hmm. Like you don't believe in it. You're just talking to your husband and you're like, it's all nuts and this isn't me. And I, you know, I'm laughing at it. And that's actually a message from the metaphysical text of Course in Miracles. Laugh at the ego's tiny mad ideas. Ooh, I like that. So, you know, it, we can add that to the choose again method. So the choose again method is first step, notice the fear-based thought, which is what you've been doing. And also notice how it's making you feel. Because the reason we want to notice how it's making us feel is because the feeling is what's attracting. So if it makes us feel low vibe or sad or sick or anxious or inflamed, then we can know very clearly this is for, this is fear talking to me. Yeah. And the second step is major. It's forgiving yourself for having the thought and forgiving the thought. In your case, you're so spiritually developed that you can, you can get that, that, that point of, I can forgive myself for Mm -hmm. having this thought and recognize I am not this thought. Some people that's when they're newer to this stuff, that could be really tough. So I also added in, forgive the thought. So if you can't forgive yourself for having that thought, you can say, well, I forgive that thought. It's just a thought. Okay. No, I'm going to, I'm going to choose again. And that's the third step, which is to choose the next best feeling thought. And that's what you've been doing. I mean, yeah. you've been practicing the choose again method for a long time. Yeah. It's, it's something I think people really need to, to know because, you know, if I've done all this work and this stuff, I'm anticipating these horrible situations based on 
a fearful state than what are other people doing in their daily basis. And it's such, as you said, it's a default thing. It's what we're conditioned to think is normal. Everyone around us is thinking like that. Yeah. Everyone's rubbing our back. Oh, poor yeah. you. No yeah. one's trying to shift and, yeah. you know, or not everybody is trying to shift and do all of that. So yeah. um, I That's think why, it's you so know, important. You want, to be pray, you want to pray to be guided to the doctors and, and healers that will begin this journey with you and your mother that are going to be in alignment with that belief system because you both have faith. And so you need to let's, I'm going to, you know, pray for you today to Thanks. be guided to the people, the, the facilitators, the guides and the doctors that are going to keep you in that momentum. Yeah. 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 That's, that's the thing is when you're in these kind of health situations it's dark, yeah, is, is allowing your gut and this is what I keep trying to teach people is like, sometimes you know better than the doctors 100%. and it's not because you book knowledge know better. It's your gut. You intuitively know better. Yeah. Your gut knows. And now you have to be fearless to move forward in that. And so, like I said, I had put this email out and I got the response and it's like, no, your gut is a hundred percent right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it came from someone who had studied that specific thing, yeah, which is crazy. It was like a specialist just in that, yeah, in neuroinflammation. And yeah. I'm like, what? Like, how lucky am I to have found that one person, yeah, who's like a specialist in this who could confirm my feeling was right? But again, when you now have to move into the real world and apply that, it's when it's scary because you have family that's going to look at you and say, oh, you're taking a big risk. And then right. you've got doctors who are going to back that up. Right. And then you, who's like, yeah, but I really think this is the way. Yeah. And so are you going to allow fear to guide you or are you going to allow your gut and what you really believe to guide you? That's the situation that not only am I in, but so many people who are probably listening to this are in, whether it's with their child, their mom, mm -hmm. themselves, you have to ultimately know that you're in that decision seat for a reason, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? Like I had to go back into the first time my mom was diagnosed and people were putting me in a position of fear to not let her fly or she would have a seizure in flight. And I was about to make some really terrible decisions to drive her cross country, to bring her to LA rather than fly her in mm -hmm. the middle of summer right? when she was critical. Right. And so get her on the plane. And- my friend, Stephanie McMahon from the WWE, said, Maria, I, I'll help you because there were no rentals. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, WWE for sure will have some kind right. of trailer right. of some sort I can take. And she's like, I'll help you get whatever you need. She goes, but you have to remember your mom put you in charge of her health for a reason. Mm -hmm. And she's like, do not let people put you in fear when you're making these decisions. Right. And I keep going back to that moment because that's my reference. And you talked about something in this book. Yeah. The, the, yes. Finding that moment to refer to that you could call almost like an actor. Yes. Right. Right. Feeling it, it's a totally an acting method. It's like remembering and recalling a feeling from your past that resembles the feeling you want to create now. Yes. But there's something else in this, which is we can also don't forget, you can ask for a sign. Yes. No, I, I've done that too. And it okay, comes. Good. I and love it comes, this. And it yes, comes. yes. Yes. So yeah. I, of course you've done it. You're like, you're such a spirit junkie. It's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so yeah, you, you know, you, you have this crossroads. You don't, I read about that at the end of the book and I won't give it all away, but, um, but I had to make a big decision about my, my, how I was going to deliver my son. 
and I, oh, I'll tell the story. It's yeah. So, so, you know, here I was, I'm 39 years old when I was delivering and um, I was delivering, delivering in a little country town and it was you know, with this amazing physician, but he was very fear-based as we all know, these doctors are very fear-based and he's like 40 and 40, you know, if we, we believe in this hospital that if you're 40 years old, you have to deliver at 40, but I'm like, but I'm 39. I just turned 39. You yeah. know, I've been from 38, the home pregnancy. I'm just turning 39. And he's like, you're 40. <laughs> and so he was really <laughs> pushing me to be induced at 40 weeks. And I just, you know, I'd been reading Ina May and like, you know, doing hypnobirthing. And I was like, I don't want to be induced. I want this to happen so naturally. And he, um, you know, he kept pushing it on me. And I was so uncomfortable with, you know, his fear, but I had to make a decision. I had 24 hours to make that decision because he needed to put me in his book and the whole thing. And I was in his office and I looked at him and I'm like, you know, at first I thought to myself before he walked out the door, I said, I, th- I need a sign. And yeah. I looked at my doctor and I said, Howie, what's on your necktie? Because I noticed this like tie with birds on it. And he said, oh, it's a cardinal. That's my favorite bird. And I said, okay. And then I, he walked out and I said, a cardinal is my sign. Did you go study what a cardinal like does? Like no, I would start I reading about I a cardinal. Go, I got to go look into the cardinal. Yeah, I would have looked into the cardinal and what they represent and how they behave, and maybe that's the the answer. It got better. Like I actually don't even think when you ask for a sign, you don't have to analyze it. Like it could be like a perfume smell or a song, or it could be a lemon. You know, like yeah. you, you can't have your sign be lemons. You got a lot of lemons. Yeah, but um, but I I I asked for that sign. I made a decision. Okay, I'll get induced on this day. And, uh, I, I, I was lying in the bath and I was texting my girlfriend, Marianne, and I'm lying in the bath texting and I'm like, okay, here's the plan. I'm going to get induced on this day. I feel good about the plan. And she wrote back and she said, that plan sounds great. And I know it's great because a cardinal just landed on my windshield. And, Shut up. Yeah. No, there's way, way even more stories than I that. I love that. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's not that, and she didn't know anything about the sign that I'd asked for. I just asked for it hours ago. And and then if you read the book, you'll 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 see that the that it unfolds very differently than, than than I had planned. So, you know, we when we get that sign, that settled me knowing that I was on the right path. Yeah. And in the end, I actually wasn't induced, which was really the right path. You got what you wanted. Yeah. 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 Wow. But even if I hadn't, even if I had the induction, and the thing that was so interesting also is when my son was born, he had the cord wrapped around his neck two times, and my doctor didn't tell me until the next day. But he pulled me aside and he said, "This is why I wanted to induce you." Because there's things we can't see. Yeah. And, you know, had you waited, it would have been a big problem. Wow. And thankfully, I didn't have to wait because my water did break. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Asking for signs, I, I always, I think it's so important because, you know, it's hard to determine what your gut and fear, the difference between gut and fear and all of that in those moments when yeah. you're terrified and you have to make a huge decision like that. You're yeah. you're 40 and you're right. having a baby and mm-hmm. they're making you so afraid and this is your baby. And, you know, what do you do? You want to do the best. Mm-hmm. And so you're like, but I feel this, but then they say that. And then how do you reconcile all of those feelings? It's so hard, yeah. but this is what I do. So there was um, a moment where the, the neurosurgeon was like, you know, we're going to operate, we're going to do all this stuff. And me and my dad were like, we don't want to operate again. Mm-hmm. And so not because we don't trust him, we implicitly trust this doctor. He's unbelievable. Good. We're so blessed to have good. him. But just reopening her up just didn't feel like a good thing. And so I just kept praying. I said, God, everything that we're doing, please help it to work fast so that when we get the MRI before surgery, we don't have to have surgery, that they show that there's Mm -hmm. been shrinkage Mm -hmm. and we're okay. Mm -hmm. 
And within a week of me me like meditating and praying on that, I had dinner with the neurosurgeon. He's like, you know what? I'm taking surgery off the table. Mm, mm, mm. And it wasn't because of what I said. Mm -hmm, Like it didn't, mm -hmm. it hadn't shrunk. And he came up to that Mm -hmm. conclusion. It was something different. I'm Mm -hmm. like, yay, Mm -hmm. we got our first, Mm -hmm. you know, thing. It manifested. And so, you know, it's funny how it it all works. And also trusting that even if it's not what you wanted, it's still what's of the highest good. So the, the secret to prayer is to forget what you think you need. Mm-hmm. And so when we start to pray for what's of the highest good, that's when we can really surrender because we can trust that we've asked yep. and it is given, as Abraham yep. would say. And even if it's not given in the form that we thought it was, it's still of the highest good. I love that. Yeah. Gabby, we have covered so much. So much. Um, and I still have so much on here that we didn't get to, but I'm hoping that you'll um, allow us to have you back again. I would love it. To talk about more stuff. Um, I love you. You're a very special person. Thank wow. you. Yeah. Thank you. So are you. Um, our final question we ask everybody is, how are you getting better every day? Mm. I want to answer this right. Let me think. I'm measuring my success based on how much fun I'm having. Ooh, I like that. And I'm just reaching for more fun. I'm genuinely, finally in my life, just accepting that I can do less and attract more. And the more fun I'm having, the more health I'll have and the greater my family will feel and the greater I can be in the world. I love that. That's so great. Measuring your success by how happy you are. Yeah. How much fun you're having. That's genius. I love that. I'm Mm going to take that and use it. Take it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. All right, guys, what have we learned? That I am responsible for a lot of the things that have happened in my life. All that shit is your fault. All all the baggage is my fault. No, but what I think the biggest takeaway is all the applicable things we can be doing to attract the life we want and the situations we want and that nothing's permanent. Mm -hmm. I think you said it best when you said these experiences. It does take the pressure off that it is just an experience. And so when bad moments are happening, we she's given us so many tools that we can just apply now yeah. to move forward. Yeah. I think that that resonated so much with me. Like we are just spirit going through a human experience that, like I said, it takes pressure off and it makes you realize that none of this really matters. Like everything's written. What's going to happen with my mom is written. I have no control over it. And so... I think we think so much more of ourselves, right? Our egos make us think we're bigger than the ants that we really are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Basically. And so, yeah, that we're spirits going through a human experience. Like that just shows like the infiniteness and the kind of like, and the, I don't know, it, it's just. Non-impending the, doom of each situation. It's just a yes. fleeting moment. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's all written. So it's like, you know, we can freak out. Like even just now I had to take a break before we started here because I got a text from my family and it was just a little bit of a situation. And, you know, I saw something about my dad crying and just was like, oh shit. And just ran to call. But I was like, okay, just stay calm, stay calm, take notes, you know, just keep positive and Luckily, I think that being in that state made it so that nothing really was happening other than my dad having an emotional moment. It didn't have to mean that something horrible happened to my mom. 
It just was him breaking down because it's not easy mm-hmm. to just be the strong one all the time. So um, I hope that I was able to attract a better no, it was situation. like really actually dope watching you navigate that. <laughs> that I mean, in the like, as horrible as it is to see, because I, I know obviously what's going on and how serious it is, but to see you hear like really intense news, emotional news, not life ending news, but you never know with yeah. the situation. And then instead of directing your all your attention to like grief and sadness and worry and stress you went into full like leader mode and Hmm. we're asking your mom all these questions and you could see in your face that you weren't you weren't letting stress overwhelm you you were instead just trying to find the answer so you could get a better solution yeah which is so cool to see it's also just like not to mention like what's going on in this situation, but we always like to jump to the worst case scenario. Yeah. And you're doing a good job of taking like, okay, this is a symptom, not a worst case scenario. Yeah. What is the symptom caused by? And let's focus on what that could be because all it's going to do to think, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, is to stress everybody out and and possibly possibly make the symptom even worse and lead to something. Yeah. Because you're manifesting the worst case scenario through doing that. Yeah. Because thoughts become things. I have to say, first of all, I loved Super Attractor. It was um, so good. So good. So easily digested. Yeah. And I love her. Like, they, they from the second other. she walked in, I felt so connected to her. And I, you know, you never know how it's going to be with somebody. And I was going to ask her if she wanted to be a part of my tribe. And then when the show ended, she's like, we need to be friends. She's like, we're best friends. I'm like, yeah, we are actually. We totally are. I know. Like, she's like, I hate being this aggressive and I never <laughs> am, but can we be friends? Yeah, it was so cool because I felt the same way. Um, and so I'm really excited to be friends with Gabby now. Woo. I just think it's so cool because we're so in line and I think that we can help each other, and I think that's what a good friendship is. Yeah. Sending dog memes and helping each other. And dog memes, yes. Absolutely. Dog memes. You guys oh. are like the new age of wellness experts or people in the space where you – it's not like you're just – as wonderful and amazing Deepak Chopra is, he's dedicated mm-hmm. his life to Ayurveda and that that sort of space, and that there is a place for that and a person for that, and he's that. But there are a lot of people like you two who are business women as well and want to be able to be entrepreneurs and um, speak your truth, but do it in a way that's aligned with spirituality and wellness. Yeah. And so I think that's. I mean, it's cool to see. And there's a lot of fakes, though, in it. So when you connect with someone who's, like, really actually on that path, you're like, yes, let's do this. I know. I know. (laughs) It's so cool. Um, So, again, thank you guys for joining us for this very special episode of Better Together. Um, Gabrielle Bernstein is somebody that we've wanted on the show for so long. So, Steph, kudos for booking that. You're like booking machine. (laughs) Um, And if you love the show, please rate, comment, subscribe, tell a friend, um, especially share episodes with people that you think um, could help them in their journey because that's what we're all here. We're here to get better and get better together. So we're here every Monday for you. Uh, If you are a Patreon member, which we just launched our Patreon, um, Stephen's really good at kind of taking it from here. So Stephen, (laughs) give him the Patreon spiel. Can I use the commercial voice? Yes, go for it. 
Here at Better Together, we have a Patreon. On Patreon, <laughs> oh, you get God. access to two extra episodes a week and a Discord community. What's a Discord community, you may ask? <laughs> Steven, I don't like the commercial you voice. It sounds so inauthentic, you have but to I ask. love your What's voice doing it. Discord What's the Discord community? What's a Discord community? Well, Discord's <laughs> an app that you can download, and you can join our community on Discord by discussing our episodes every week. Uh, I'm going to stop because I'm getting a little tired. Yeah. Meanwhile, I've been in the Discord. Nobody's been in there. I'm trying to talk to people, and I'm, I'm feeling quite alone. Oh, oh you know, people, yeah, people like, are in hey there. Hey, guys, just, what do you want to know? They just don't want to talk to you. Oh, perfect. Yeah. They're talking <laughs> to me. I don't Perfect. know. Maybe you're just unpopular, Maria. Maybe. Just I was kidding. always on the brink. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you guys can get access to it. Uh, we post all the exclusive episodes and podcasts in there. Plus, we post the, uh, the the main episodes and talk about these main episodes as well. So head on in there. Plus, on Patreon itself, you can get ev- access to everything. So instead of having to go to YouTube, to go to Apple Podcasts, to go everywhere, all of our episodes are going to be posted on our main Patreon page at patreon.com slash bettertogetherwithmaria. Very cool. Pretty cool. And Join in... Join into the fun. Including the after show of this episode. Because if you're like me, I every time I hear like, good news or knowledge or anything, I just want to talk about it. Because then you actually apply it in your brain. Yeah, we want to go deeper, deeper, deeper. So, guys, if you want to buy Super Attractor, Gabrielle Bernstein's new book, it is available wherever books are sold. For more on Gabrielle's work, you can visit GabbyBernstein.com. That's Gabby with a Y. Two Bs. Let's spell this whole thing out. Ready? G-A-B-B-Y, Bernstein, B-E-R-N-S-T-E-I-N.com. You can join her Miracle membership at getmoregabby.com. In the meantime, follow us at Maria Menounos, at Gabby Bernstein, at Steph Sabra, at Stephen Lemieux Photo, and... Remember your Apple Podcast reviews. Because we have some new awesome ones. Uh, One from Kayla Vine, who says, Jim Quick episode. I am a sophomore in college in the middle of midterms, and lately I felt really down on myself trying to memorize all the information for the science classes I'm in. The other night, my stomach was literally churning as I thought, there is no way I could memorize all this information in my life, let alone before my biology and anatomy midterms tomorrow. The interview with Jim Quick completely shifted my outlook and gave me hope that I can get through this. It also gave me the space to uh, to get clear on why I'm doing this. I'm definitely going to implement the quick strategies and quit the automatic negative thoughts. Time to kill some ANTs. Haha. <laughs> also need to improve my sleep and eat the brain-boosting foods daily. Thank you, Maria, for inspiring me to get better and interviewing Jim Quick in a way that gave me actionable takeaways and hope in a difficult time. Oh, I love that. Do we remember our brain foods, Maria? Yes, I was just thinking about them Can all. you do it? Yeah, I Can could. you do it? Do it. Oh, really? Right On now? On the spot. Do it. Okay. We've got... Um... On the head was <laughs> no. I know blueberries were here. Olive oil was here. What was on the head? It was avocado, Gu- guacamole. Yeah. yeah, avocado, guacamole, whatever. Um, then it was blueberries. Mm-hmm. Then it was broccoli. Yes. Then it was olive oil. It was egg, mm-hmm. salmon, eggs, eggs, salmon, um, walnuts. Mm-hmm. Dark chocolate and turmeric on the fingers. You're forgetting one. Oh, kale. Your kale pauldrons. Yeah. You got it. We always forget the turmeric. Yeah, I always remember forget this the turmeric. We remember this time. We have another one from Angie from Westchester, New York, who says Sahara Rose Podcast, five stars. That you thank you for introducing me to Sahara. I love all your information, informa- informative talks as well as guests. I am learning so much. I too want to be better together. Keep up the great work. Love you, Maria. Aw, thanks, guys. So those are our highlights for the week. I love it. I love it. Keep them coming, guys. Thank you so much for uh, sharing 
what you have liked, and um, we're going to keep it coming. we get got some amazing guests coming up for you guys. In the meantime, be nice people, make good choices, and be present. Well, that's it for today, Heal Squad. Before I let you go, I want to make sure you don't forget to take care of yourself today. I'll be making sure I'm not forgetting to get outside, do my meditations, and of course, keep myself fueled with some sweet, chili, wonderful pistachios. Wonderful pistachios, as you know, are my go-to when hunger strikes because they're one of the highest protein nuts providing all nine essential amino acids, and they're great for on-the-go snacking. So... When you're ready to elevate your snacking game, visit wonderfulpistachios.com to grab a bag 